0: Welcome to the NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman, our intrepid beat reporters, in the aftermath of a disappointing uh, postseason after a disappointing regular season after a disappointing bubble hockey. We looked back on all of that quite a bit uh, last week with with JT, so we're going to mostly look forward Mm -hmm. in this edition of NetFront. And, uh, Jim, uh, interesting uh, to hear from... uh, Craig Berube, but then really interesting to hear from uh, Doug Armstrong about looking forward, a lot of belief in the group, but, uh, but clearly, Jim, we're going to see some change as, as always expansion drafts going to force at least one thing. And um, I would think at least a little bit of roster tinkering based on what we heard.
1: Yeah. Uh, At overall, I, I went away from that. And then the, uh, uh, over the years, the, the Doug Armstrong end of season, uh, media sessions have been kind of much much view if you're if you're a hockey uh hockey fan or hockey writer but uh a little more i don't know optimistic than uh i i thought uh that that it would be but he he did say we will potentially uh have an active off season and and you know uh armstrong will you know he, he will turn over every rock uh make every phone call to try to improve uh Uh, the team, but uh, I I think they need a reality check. Uh, You know, I, he, I guess almost predictably, he said the the cup window is still open. I think, uh, uh, you know, some fans might, uh, might debate that. Of course, uh, it's probably wouldn't be a very good message to send to the team to say, nah, we we don't have a chance at the cup. That window is slammed shut. So uh, we'll see, but they, they have some issues. I mean, when you when you look at the defensive issues the penalty kill again giving up five power play goals in in one game in a 56 game season will kind of put you behind a little bit but uh there was a worst pk in terms of efficiency in in 33 years uh defensive scoring way down depth scoring on the fourth line way down so uh they 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 definitely have some issues and they have some free agents they, they they have to take care of one way or the other
2: you know, on the on the bright side, they'll get Vegas out of their division next year. Uh, that'll be that uh, that that'll, that'll help. But yeah, it's it's weird when you look at the Blues' cup chances. So much it depends on the fact You know, Colorado is right there, and Colorado is ahead of them in cup chances uh, right now. Colorado much better, much it looks to be a much better team. And we'll see what as the Colorado organization progresses, and they have to deal with cap issues. What it's going to be like, but the Blues are clearly, even at full strength, not as good as that team. And so what do you got to do to make that happen? And it's, is it? I don't think it's enough to say, well, a healthy Terasenko, and you get a full season out of him, um, you know, and Krug does his normal stuff because it, you can't count on any of that. Uh, and so that's going to be the, the tricky part is that um, I think even at full strength, this team wasn't going to be as good as some of the other teams in their division this season. Uh, and I don't know that they're going to be better next year, uh, barring uh, you know outside events.
0: Now I would say the one thing I'm pushing for, and it's not hard to imagine why, after watching the team play, I think they really need to get um, a good, sturdy defenseman who can play on the PK, which is a huge problem, and uh, and and just add an element, the element, some of the element that uh, that's missing. Because, you know, Krug's a different type of guy than Petro. We've talked about that. And, and then you have, obviously, Scandella tries to do what Jay Bomeister did, but Marco is not quite that player. And, and you just uh, – and Colton Freiko wasn't Colton Freiko. But even if he is, you still – because those guys are different players, you still need that sturdier element. Even Colorado, as good as Colorado was, JT, went out and got a sturdy defenseman to add to their blue line, more of a third-pairing guy. Uh, this team, if you could focus on one thing, it would be, I think, to remix the decor – and, and and to make it sturdier
1: yeah no doubt I would I would say uh, 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 a, a, a big physical sturdy defenseman and uh, I, I would say a, a power forward that is not shy about uh, going in front of the net and maybe that power forward is Clem Coston I mean uh, 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 we don't know but yeah. I I I I think we definitely uh, need something up front. Now they, they improve. They look more like classic blues, the vintage blues down the stretch, but they still, uh, as as I pointed out in in the season in review article, they uh, they needed a shutout from Ville Husso to uh, avoid being the first team in 15 years, the first blues team in 15 years, or uh, yeah, 14 years, excuse me to give up three goals per game. I mean, that's just an astoundingly high figure. And I think it starts, it starts with the uh, uh, defense. Yeah, the scoring dried up in the playoffs, but in the big picture, I, I, I don't think scoring is, uh, is the problem. Uh, they, they scored 2.98 goals per game this season in the Stanley Cup year they scored 2.98 goals per season. It's the defense, it's the defense, it's the defense. Unless they want to change their personality, uh, but if uh, if they want to be the same kind of Blues team, defensive-oriented, physical, grinding, tough, uh, they, they, they got to do something about the defense. And it's not just uh, uh, net front or adding a sturdy defenseman. I mean, uh, Jordan Biddington has to be better, more consistently better. Yeah, he closed... Uh, uh, well down the stretch, but he, he, he's he been a hot mess in the, in the uh, playoffs and, and you can't blame that all on, on other people. So I, they, they, have got to look long and hard at, the, at, at the defense in, in, in every direction.
2: Yeah. With, uh with Bennington, I mean, you know, when you face 50 shots in one game, you can make spectacular saves and you can also let in goals that you shouldn't have let in. And I think we saw some of that in some of those games where he did spectacular things, but There would also be like a goal that eh, maybe that one you'd like to have back. I mean, the the number of kind of Jordan Minnington eye rolls, a look to the heavens of how did that happen uh, uh, was there. So, uh, but Greg Berube was like, look, you don't don't need to have big guys. You know, he was saying, you know, you, you just have to do it a different way if you got, you know, if you don't have a big beefy guy in front of the goal. So I'm not sure that that's, you know, something, you know, while they will look at it that they're, totally sold on doing, uh, that they think that, you know, they can, they can do it another way. And there was something to be said that with the salary cap that if they're going to work in, work in Nikola and Wallman into the rotation, um, you know, they may lose a defenseman in the, in the expansion draft, then maybe, you know, this could be the group because if otherwise they have to take one of those bodies and move them somewhere else. And I'm not sure which of those bodies, would be the one defensively that they would say, you know, we're going to trade you.
0: Yeah. And looking up front, a lot of issues there as well. And, you know, looking at, uh, you know, free agency, one of the puzzlements, you know, was Jaden Schwartz. Now he adds to your team defensive element. You know, it's uh, it's goaltending, it's defensive core, it's also the forwards that have to play well defensively, whether it's back checking or whether it's sustaining pressure at the other end. So the team's not, pestering your goalie you're pestering theirs jane does all of that as far as the, the team's identity uh trying to uh, goal suppression i mean i think he's still that player but he um uh, once again had a complete fall off offensively he just simply couldn't finish to save himself and um now he's a free agent uh interesting uh jt um i could see it going either way i mean uh I would say bring him back, but at a dollar figure that allows you to make some other changes with your team. But you can't get caught like an Alexander Steen situation where you're paying a guy a lot of money to play um, a lesser role. And that's sort of – Jaden seems to be almost on that cusp of of being that player. could go either way.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he he played every game in 1920, but he's a guy who's almost every year misses games because of injuries. And, yeah, he's only 28 – but he's a smaller guy who, in a sense, tries to play a big man's game. I mean, Jaden will go in the corners and mix it up. He'll, he will get in front of the net. Imagine that. And uh, he's not a big guy. So maybe he's a guy that's going to, career-wise, wear down earlier uh, just because of that, a, a small man playing a big man's game. But everything about him is a Craig Berube-style player. Plus, he's he's one of their quicker, faster skaters. I, I'd like to see him shoot more. Uh uh, he he's another one of those blues, uh, not not to the extent of Robert Thomas, but still maybe uh, looks to pass more uh, than shoot. But uh, it is hard to, uh, and and I I, I uh, really enjoy watching Schwartz play and what he contributes to the team. But I it's kind of hard to justify mm-hmm. bringing him back at five point three five million or even giving him a raise with, with Jaden Schwartz, uh, especially in the with the flat salary cap would. Would Schwartz be interested in playing for four million, four and a half million, five million? And uh, uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, Doug Armstrong said, "Yeah, we're we're interested in bringing back uh, Mike Hoffman." I think we said on a very early uh, net front, early in the season, that if they can't sign Schwartz, maybe they try to push that money over to Mike Hoffman, and you get that rare, uh, a relatively rare score from distance myself. I don't think, uh, and again, it's not like Mike Hoffman's told me this, but I, it, it just doesn't seem like maybe Hoffman would be that interested in coming back after everything that happened this season.
2: If you re-sign Schwartz, it's gotta be to a, a shorter term. He, he's not going to get one of those six year extensions. I would think because who knows what Jaden Schwartz is going to, you know, how, how much masking tape will be required by them to hold him together. Uh, so if you're looking at a four year deal, a three year deal on him, uh, you know, something shorter like that. And then, yeah, you know, what's the market for Jaden Schwartz, you know, outside the blues, you know, he's, um, you know, he's not the kind of guy that is going to, you know, dazzle in another market where they, where the fan base is going to say, we've got Jaden Schwartz. That's not, if you're a GM, that's not going to be your splashy signing. Uh, I would think in other, you know, in, in other cities to, you know, for the fan base, if you're trying to sell season tickets uh, to say, well, we, they, well, we went, how, we, we got better. We got Jaden Schwartz. Craig Berube, though, loves Jaden Schwartz. I mean, like he said, you know, he's the engine that drives this team. Um, so that's one of those cases. He may mean more to the blues. They may have more value for him than other teams do, which could be why he gets a better deal, a better offer from the blues than he does somewhere else. But I, you know, earlier I would have thought he gets a slight raise. I don't know
0: that a raise would be in the offing right now. No, and uh, certainly not. I mean, you just have um, it. Just Doug's gotten himself in in, in some jams in the past. Uh, Vladimir Saboka was a, a guy that they counted on, and and he he petered out. Patrick Berglund was a big part of the team's identity, but he and he petered out. They're lucky to be able to move away from those contracts. jory Laterra, same thing. So he's. He's been he's been caught in in some contracts in the past, and I think he's with the cap kept kept going up, and there was also some morons willing to acquire some of these guys. Um, he was able to to uh, to manage his cap with the, the help of some former general managers uh, who were stupid enough to take these guys off his hands. But um, looking at the group now, uh, getting back to Hoffman for a second, he Doug still seems somewhat interested in, in Mike and but uh, but J T. Uh, yeah you know, and he does offer the scoring touch that would be, uh, would be sorely missed if he, if he moved on as we expect he will. But it just seemed like that was one case and there may be others where the general manager and the coach were not on the same page.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because Doug Armstrong did mention that uh, he has to, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks, talk to Craig Berube. And uh, uh, you know, it's one thing for Armstrong to be really sold on boy, this guy would help our team, but uh, you know, the coach has got to be on board and, I believe the term he used was, we can't, uh, we can't uh, bring in uh, square pegs for round holes. And I, I think that's what Mike Hoffman was uh, for uh, Craig Berube. He just didn't play Berube style. There, there, there were times when he, he tried to, but, uh, you know, I, I think the Mike Hoffman moment was, uh, what was it, game uh, two, where he, on the rush, he just sends a missile past Grubauer. It's four to three. Then the Blues go to the six-on-five game, which they had been for uh, much of the season, excellent at. And uh, all he has to do is maybe get in front of Brandon Saad, just touch him a little bit, and uh, he can't get that empty net goal. And and Baruby was pretty upset about that in his comments after the game. Uh, Hoffman is he's he's not a he's not a physical player, and you know we're we're not saying you have to knock people over, but. uh, uh, again, that's what you get now. If you're scoring 25 to 30 goals a game, I I, I think probably Armstrong's uh, view is that's a uh, you know you can forgive a lot of other sins. And I, I what, what did Hoffman end up with? 17, 18 goals. So he I guess he was on a, a 25 goal pace. But uh, uh, yeah, I, that that might be a tough sell with uh, Barubi, and it might be an even tougher sell with uh, Mike Hoffman.
2: Yeah, you know, even after when the Blues at free agency uh, signed. Uh, Tory Krug, uh, Armstrong said, well, we, we, we're not closing the door on Alex Petrangelo. We'd still like to sign Alex Petrangelo at a point in which it was mathematically impossible to do it. Um, I think that's the same thing on Hoffman is that, yeah, you know, you'd love to sign him, but I don't see how it works just in a combination of things. Now in a world in which if the Blues don't have Vladimir Teresenko, he makes sense. You, then you could use a player like that. But uh, as long as Tarasenko is still with the Blues, I think having him and Hoffman there, there there's not enough, you know, not enough sniping to go around. Um, I think on that team, unless you, or unless Tarasenko is going to completely accept the rethinking of his game and become now a the, the net front guy uh, that they talk about
0: uh, needing. Yeah, JT, it was interesting that uh, really heartfelt comments from Doug Armstrong about well how he views Vladdy as a, as a person. Um, and the character of him as a as a competitor uh, but you know Vladimir he was a shell of his former self this coming back from the injury and you know the two goals in the final game did remind us that he can still play hockey and uh, and he still wants to play which is why he is going to play for Russia he still wants to compete all that's well and good but you know his, his cap hits not horrible but it's significant and they really, they have to get something out. He got to get a lot out of that next year. If he's going to be with the group and, and just talk about whether there's really the potential that he won't be with the group.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know just from the, it, and it's more of kind of reading tea leaves or whatever type of thing from the comments by both Baruby and Armstrong. Uh, and during the, the, the zoom interviews, it it made me think uh, they're, they're going to protect Vladdy, but uh in terms of the expansion draft, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, and Tom makes a good point about Vladdy or Hoffman. I, I think the, the blue, even with them wanting Vladdy to, to uh, uh, you know, to crash the net more, which when he was at his best, he he did that as well as the shots from distance. Uh, you know, with, I, I thought it was again, instructive that the Armstrong said, you know, you, the guys that can score from distance are, 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 are you know are, are kind of rare. You, you I think you have three guys on the team that can do that. Peron, Hoffman, Tarasenko. I think you need to come back with of those three, two of them that can that can do that. Obviously, Peron's going to be back, so maybe an either or with Hoffman and and Tarasenko. And again, I my just my sense is, uh, you know Hoffman who played his fewest minutes since 2014-15 who it took forever even with uh a lot of injuries early for him to be a regular on the first power play unit I'm thinking he's he's he, he, he's out the door so that leaves you with Tarasenko and and uh you know what kind of Tarasenko are you getting I I asked both Armstrong and and, and Baruby just to do they think he can he return to even be in the same neighborhood of a scorer that he was and I don't know if we got resoundingly optimistic answers from either of them.
2: I'd like to say that I'm pretty sure on this very podcast that we go through the archives, I said, look, we're not going to get, you know, the the Vladimir Tarasenko of old this season. He's going to the come back. There's not going to be enough time. This season is not going to be a great season. So I don't, unless the blues had a totally different take on it than I did. Um, you would, I, you know, can you say, well, he did exactly what was expected of him. We got to move him. I mean, I think we saw the season from Tarasenko that there was all the reason to expect what happened. The question they have to answer is Will he be back to his old self. You know, I think leaving him exposed in the expansion draft is just, is too, is too rife with complications. You're, you're giving a guy like that away, you know, I said this about Hoffman during the season. If anyone's going to recover and start scoring goals on this team, it was going to be Mike Hoffman because that's what he does. Uh, I think next year, if you're looking at anybody on this existing team that's going to start scoring more goals next season, it's going to be Tarasenko. Um, you know, Jaden Schwartz, you can see a slight uptick, but, you know, Brain Shen will score a few more. But if there's anyone's going to make a big jump, it's going to be Tarasenko. I think you have to keep him for that reason just because – he, the potential is there that you could get a bunch of goals out of a guy. Certainly if you expose him in the expansion draft, you're given away for nothing. I don't think that's the asset management that uh, the blues have practiced in the past.
0: Yeah. And if you expose him and he doesn't go, mm-hmm. and he didn't agree to be exposed ahead of time as sort of a gambit uh, with some free arrangement, understanding that he wouldn't leave. If you just expose him without his permission, and so mm-hmm. he can't bring it back because he's not going to be happy. <laughs> that's just, you've now you talked about complications. You know that's 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 a severe complication. I know T.J. Oshie's tried to uh, get ahead of that issue in Washington, saying, "Look, I don't want to be captain of the in Seattle. I mean, I'm from there, but I don't want to. I want to stay here." So, um, so it'll be interesting for sure. On a much lesser note, on terms of free agency, uh, Tyler Bozak uh, had a typical Tyler Bozak year. Scored about his usual rate, won some draws, it was handy as always. Um, obviously $5 million. He, he's, he's not worth that. Uh, but fits the group fits the personality. Is it at an advanced age. They seem to open JT to bringing him back, but it's one of those, yeah, you got to talk to the staff about where all the pieces fit. And, and they, you know, they can't keep all these forwards because there's going to be, you know, you have a lot of clutter there. So JT, your take on Tyler.
1: Yeah. Well, well first off, just to, uh, to add on Tarasenko, he's a proud guy. Uh, uh, let's look back to those uh, that uh, Russian article about the where the captainship went. So yeah, he would. I, I don't think he would take being exposed <laughs> very well, uh, especially if uh, he he wasn't claimed. But uh, Bozak's a handy guy to have. He's kind of a, 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 a not kind of. He's a, he's a glue player. He's great with the younger players. He's not a he's not a difference maker, but uh, he played really well uh, again for. For Ty, given the parameters of what Tyler Bozak is when he, when he came back from the concussion. But uh, it's got to be, a, if you bring him back, it's got to be a short term and it's got to be for less than 5 million. When they gave him the 5 million, they were desperate for centers. Uh, they signed him before they knew that the O'Reilly thing was a go. And uh, uh, the O'Reilly thing didn't happen till, you know, crystallize until that, that evening. So I, I don't know what the number is. I'm thinking maybe 3 million, Maybe offer him just one year. I don't even know if you want to go two years. The guy is 35 years old, uh, but uh, y- y- you're right, uh, Jeff. They've they've got some other forwards, and granted, they they hope they stay they stay healthier. I mean, you've got to find a place. For example, for you got to find a place for Klim Coston in the uh, in the lineup. So yeah, I I I think they'd like to see him back, but it's 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 it's, it's got to be uh, for the right price and the right term.
2: Yeah, um, because you're looking at if you keep Bozak that you're you are keeping younger forwards, you know, you're costing them playing time. And, you know, Sammy Blay has earned time. Uh, the Zach Sanford, uh, you know, enigma continues. Um, so there, while he brings so many good things to the team, it's just what does Bozak, you know, how much playing time is Bozak going to have? And what's he going to keep other younger players uh, from getting in the lineup. So that's going to be, there's all sorts of reasons to keep him. I mean, I, I, you know, in a perfect world, he would be a guy you would keep at, you know, between two and $3 million. Um, but can it work is going to be the, the tricky thing when you start adding up all the forwards they have.
0: You know, Jay, uh, Tom was talking about where are you going to find your improvement? And he listed guys that could certainly score more. Uh, Brady Shannon having a tough year, Laddie more than a tough year. Schwartz fell off again. I guess if there's if there's a future, it keeps coming back to Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. Now, Jordan dev, did make progress this year uh, in streaks he scored. But more importantly, he did satisfy the coach with uh, his willingness to get in on the wall. Uh, Robert, with the injuries, um, just never got fully engaged. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tough on Robert because you look and you see he doesn't win draws. He doesn't get shots to the net. He doesn't shoot very often. He doesn't hit anybody. Um he doesn't block any shots either. <laughs> and so, and he, he, he has some spectacular assist and there's so much, there. there's so much potential there for both of these guys. And I think, you know, obviously Jordan made the step this year. If he if Jordan keeps going theoretically JT and if Robert, the light bulb comes on he, and now he's a 60 point player. Well, now you've got a team that looks maybe a little more capable of, of hanging with the big boys.
1: Yeah, I thought besides his scoring, Kyrou did make. Uh, I I think he wants to play defense. He he wants to be tougher on pucks and better uh, puck control. And I, I I obviously he still needs work there, maybe significant work, but but much better uh, than 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 he was in the past years. I think past years you just breathe on him and you, you could get the you could get the puck uh, off of him. But a huge step forward for Kyrou being an everyday player. What he finished? Uh, what was he among the top five? in uh in scoring Thomas is uh Enigma and I uh I haven't uh, yet read the uh uh, uh the treasured that uh, Jeff Gordon season ending uh, report card. I'm almost want to look at <laughs> no it's the not plan. he didn't do well no, he didn't, he didn't he know. do well, well. but he regressed. I mean he clearly regressed and it seemed like just when he got going the uh uh he he'd get hit with another uh, uh injury Uh, I I did a story on him, I think, after he came back from the second injury. So we're a little past the midway point of the season. At that point of the season, Mackenzie McEachern had more shots on goal than Robert Thomas, and McEachern had been, like, inactive for huge chunks of time. That should never happen. Mackenzie McEachern should never have more shots than Robert Thomas. And the thing that's bewildering is the uh, coaches have harped on it with him. The media has – I remember Tom just coming up to him and uh, uh, frustrated Tom Timmerman and saying, you need to shoot more. This was like uh, last year the the year before, and it still doesn't happen. And uh, uh, a lot of games where he's got goose eggs across the, the board on shots on goal, uh, missed shots, block shots. And uh, uh, so he, he's got to change. And the, the, the interesting thing, too, uh, I forget if it was Baruby or Armstrong, Uh, saying he needs to really get in shape he needs a great off season really gets in shape. Was that a jab at maybe he wasn't in the best of shape coming into camp? I, I don't know, but I, I thought that was a very interesting remark.
2: You know, if you didn't know their histories, you would think Jordan Cairo was the guy in his third year in the NHL and Robert Thomas was the rookie getting his first full season uh, this year. Thomas just didn't look, You know, like someone who's been around, who's won a Stanley Cup, who has been through these things before. Um, So, yeah, you you know, you wonder how much what the window is on Thomas when the Blues say, you know, okay, you know, he's got this potential, but maybe we can get something for him in return. I mean, right now, I'd say, you know, young centers are really high value, but at some point they're going to start to need to see significant results from him. Uh, to, to warrant keeping him around um, because uh, this is the second year of, you know, he, he's playing on potential. He, he had a good rookie year, and I think the subsequent years have been, you know, he's, he's been learning, and he's, he needs to learn more quickly.
0: All right, the last topic we'll hit on this addition to the net front is to look back at the goaltending. We've touched on it a bit uh, earlier. Uh, Jordan Bennington had a good start, um, pretty good finish, the regular season, really a lot of suffering through the middle months as the whole team suffered, showed a little fight, little spirit, made some nice saves in the playoffs. But obviously uh, it was didn't come close to winning any of those games. Uh, and then you have Billy Huso, who held up OK, had his moments, uh, but still overall substandard ratios uh, for his first year. JT, where do we where where does uh where does this team stand in goaltending? Can you just bring these two two guys back and expect better?
1: Yeah, I I I I I think so. And overall, that's a little bit dangerous because Armstrong said a lot of the improvement has to come internally. So hoping that a bunch of guys get better. But yeah, I think they stand pat to me. Huso was better over the uh, second half. Your your last snapshot of him was that uh, was that shutout thirty one shot shutout against, uh, uh, against Minnesota, you know, when you, what, what do you give up like nine, 10 goals in his first four periods of hockey? So when you're only playing uh, what he start like 15 games, that's, that's going to uh, 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 wreak some havoc with your, with your goals against and, and, and save percentage. So I, I think he showed maybe just enough to say, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll come back with him. And you, you encapsulized Bennington. He had a pretty good start for really for the second season in a row, he had like a mid-season slump, closed the regular season strong, and then just a mess in the playoffs. A lot of it out of his control, but you look at just the basic numbers every year, they've gone down, you know, in terms of goals against, save percentage, and you just have to wonder, but the team, you know, they just signed him to a $36 million contract, so they're committed uh, uh, to him. Uh, You know, I, I don't know, you know, technically what he needs to do better. I've had people that, uh, uh, you know, follow goalies say, one, his lateral movement needs to be better. It wasn't as good as Jake Allen when Allen was here and teams try to go constantly backdoor against him. But I, 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 I don't know. Uh, maybe this is the Jordan Bennington that, that we're going to see. But he, you know, he needs to be better. And, and there are, you know, there are some, uh, and I, you know, Bennington and I have a good relationship, a strange relationship, but he, he you know, there are some apologists that, that uh, for Bennington and, and the St. Louis media they they, you know, I, I, I think it's a, uh, it's maybe more of an issue entering next season than a lot of people in this town are, are willing to, to say it's a, it's a huge year for him. Yeah. But, you
2: know, like we're not, he's got a six-year contract. Jordan Bennington's not going anywhere. He's going to be this team's goalie for, you know, the next several years because I don't know that even though that contract is not a big contract, you know, it's, going to, it's not like he's tradable, uh, you know, is, at least in the next few years. So that, it's going to be tough. Uh, he's, he's got to get better because the Blues have hitched their wagon uh, to Jordan Bennington. You know, Huso will be back because I think number two goalie is not a spot that the Blues want to spend a lot of money on right now with a flat cap. They're not going to. They don't want to go out and invest, you know, two three million dollars on someone who has more experience, unless Huso gets taken in the expansion draft. Unless Seattle sees something there, you know that he you know he's a young goalie at a at a good price and he can he can be there. Uh, you know he he could be an expansion draft guy if. Teams are scared off by some of the other Blues that are out there, but yeah, and I, th- I think for at least one season, uh, you've got Huso back as your backup goalie.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's no Guay Bear for those really old Blues fans who remembered uh, those days as GaA Bear went out to be a duck and turned out to be heck of a get. So, <laughs> uh, well, that's it for this edition of Netfront Presence. I think we'll be back uh, quite often during the uh, the off as developments warrant. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, it may not be a, a super newsy off season, but I think there's going to be some developments worth tracking as we get closer to the expansion draft, uh, the actual draft, uh, free agency, and all that. So we'll be back uh, in the net front. We're not afraid to go to the front of the net here. JT and Tom, uh, either no. either side of that ice, either side of the ice, either. Not at all. Not at so all. until next time, reminder that all of our good podcasts are readily available on STLToday.com, and uh, also check out our your favorite podcast app to see all the good things we're doing here at stltoday.com until next time for JT, for Tom, see ya.